0: Welcome to the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor, your host here, Eve Vanderbleet with his trusted canine sidekick, Woody, where we bring you the news raw, unfiltered, and with no chaser. And welcome to another episode of the PBO Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor, Eve Vanderbilt here with his trusted canine co-host, Woody, Woody, how you doing? Woof, Woody says. Now, if you have been listening to the show, you know Woody... Woof is an ask, and this ask is an ask that is no cost to you. If you are listening to us on Apple iTunes, please do subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Also, if you could, I ask you, Woody ask you, go to YouTube, click on our page, Politics and Brown Liquor, and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. The reason that we ask for this is it helps in the algorithm. It helps move the show up. It helps get our voice out. And it is absolutely no cost to you. You don't even have to listen, nor do you even have to watch any of the YouTube channel. All you got to do is subscribe, and that moves us up in the algorithm, because life is not a matrix. Life is an algorithm. All right, let's get on with this part of the show. Uh, on the previous segment, I, I mentioned the asking the question, why? And one of the questions that I was asking myself is, why does why is hunter biden such a degenerate drug addict why is did he leave a laptop at a local repair shop and i talked about it in that previous segment you know why is Uh, Joe Biden corrupt, which I believe him to be, and I talked about that. And then one of the questions I left is, why does the media cover for the Democrats? And they do. I mean, it just seems so blatantly obvious. I mean, you look at what's going on right now. Big tech, social media, and mainstream media are covering for the Democrats. Again, I mentioned this in the previous one. Leslie Stahl, in her interview with President Trump, basically says there is no Biden scandal hunter biden scandal how could you say that with a straight face and here's what she said she said we're 60 minutes we we won't report it if we can't verify it to be true and my point was they're not even trying to verify it to be true because they don't want to verify it to be true they don't want because if they did they go away goes their positive of how many stories over the years have we seen from the media reported only because they had to And that's kind of what's happening here now, but they are doing everything they can to not report this story. You go back to the Monica Lewinsky scandal that brought Bill Clinton to impeachment. And he was an impeached president. He was impeached. He was not removed from office, but he was impeached. He wasn't convicted. Same thing that happened to Trump. Trump was impeached, but he wasn't convicted, so he wasn't removed. But the story was reported by a mainstream media outlet, and they suppressed it. They had it, but they didn't release it. And somebody leaked it to Matt Drudge of the Drudge Report. And that's what blew him up and made him famous. Now, he's since gone to the dark side and basically is about as leftist page as you can find now. But the point is, the mainstream media back then, even back then, wouldn't report it. And it had to be leaked out for it to get out. Why do they do it? Why? Well, in answering, asking this question, I started doing some research. And by the way, today I'm going to talk about that on this segment. And I'm also going to talk about some COVID numbers, what the media is doing with that as well. And here's an article from the American Thinker. It's an old one, but it it still fits today uh, it's from may 28th of 2013 and the uh, the headline is how liberal media profit from supporting democrats and they do they support democrats and the question is why does the mainstream media support the left so much so that they they help them cover up scandals they or they help avoid scandals or, or they help in the elections i've mentioned in the last um episode segment of today's show how in 1972 a, a, a joe biden's senatorial run that there was going to be a bad story come out from his opposition they were leaking a story an ad in a local newspaper that was negative to joe biden and the local teamsters stepped in and caused a strike to prevent the paper from getting out to the public So the public never saw it prior to the election, and Joe Biden won that election by a very slim margin, like a point and a half. So this has been going on for decades. So the question is why? And I think this uh, article from American Thinker back in 2013 does more to answer it than anything else that I've found out there. And there's a lot out there. But here in a nutshell, here it is. I'll, I'll read part of the article. We'll talk about it. The idea that the national news media have a Democratic bias is well known. The Media Research Center has found a clear difference between the way the national news media treat Democrats and Republicans. But the media effort is not just supportive of Democratic candidates and their policies and negative toward Republicans. It is also accompanied by a very aggressive effort to defend Democrats whenever the media reveal a scandal. These actions imply that the media has an agenda. This could be written today. I mean, it's, uh, this is seven years ago, over seven years ago, and it still pertains to what's going on today. But they get into some of the reasons why. How do they profit and why? Why would they do this? The nature, and is from the article, the nature and reasons for this agenda need to be investigated. An exploration of how and why media benefit from democratic rule and policies may yield some useful insights. The traditional explanations of why the media favored Democrats are focused on their education Liberals are instructed in liberal ideology in college. The universities they attend also receive grant money to pursue research projects oriented to promote the liberal model of society, the economy, and environment. So we've known for years that liberal colleges produce liberal journalists and liberal media people. So part of it is going to these liberal leftist institutions. And the shame of it is that these are our higher education. These are elite universities. I went to a small Christian college that didn't – there was no political bent throughout any – I mean, I had one professor who was extremely leftist, so much left. She was so leftist that I decided to just not say anything because I knew it would affect my grade as well as all the other – students in the class we knew this person because she put it right out there and i'm like gosh why how does this person become a, a, a professor and i've had other professors that were leftists and we actually had meaningful conversations with debates back and forth that were very very constructive because again it was a small christian college but our higher-ups our, our big universities our elite universities tilt left From the article, news media and political parties share one crucial characteristic. Just as governments have geographic boundaries, news media outlets are bounded by their viewership or readership area called their media market. So they are naturally attracted to the largest media markets and wish to preserve them. The crucial fact is that demographics are destiny for both media and political parties. Both need people. And since the largest American cities are dominated by the Democratic Party, it follows that the media in these large cities must cooperate with the Democratic Party to pursue their mutual agenda. Media then have a symbiotic dependence upon their hosts the Democratic Party, or more accurately, the demographic party. And it goes on to say, of course, it's not the only reason. Access to City Hall is also important. If they anger the mayor with annoying questions, they may lose their media credentials. And it goes to his, and in Chicago, the Tribune Company, owners of the Tribune newspaper benefit from state financial support. So the article goes, you know, what the article is inferring is the reason the media, one of the reasons the media are so far left is, is that's where their money is, is their their biggest market share. Let's talk about the um, uh, television media, uh, cable news. Their biggest market share are these big cities. Now, when they say market share, what do you get from market share? Ad revenue. It's all about ad revenue cnn has been able to be biased this many years because their ad revenue has not been affected by their bias until recently saw an article just the other day i tweeted to it it's on my twitter account that cnn are missing projections by a hundred million dollars you know i keep hearing people defund the media and how do you defund the media is a question I'm often asked. The way you defund the media is you stop watching those outlets. If you stop watching CNN, their, their viewership drops, their ratings drop, and their ad revenue drops. And how does the ad revenue drop? Let's, this is all starting to hit them now. It, it takes a year to cycle through. But say in first quarter of 2019, well, let's say first quarter of 2020, their, uh, ratings tanked. Well, ads, ad buys were already done. It's usually bought by quarter. Ad buys are already done. They already got the money. Their ratings have tanked, but they've already got the money. Q1 of 2021 rolls around. They go to these, uh, buyers and say, all right, well, we want to run it. Do you want to run an ad this year? Yeah, we do. But your ratings are down 30%. So we want our rates to drop 30%. And you know what? CNN, if they want ad revenue, they have to comply. That's how you defund the media by not buying their newspaper, not watching their shows, not putting your eyeballs to their shows. And I know it's difficult because, you know, there's if you're a consumer of media, you want to view and watch all sides. But CNN's ratings have have been in the toilet for so long, it's finally catching up to their ad revenue. That's how you affect change. And Jeff Zucker, who is the head of CNN, is not stating whether or not he's going to re-sign his contract. So chances are, once his contract is over, and I believe in less than a year or next year, he's out. I don't believe Jeff Zucker is going to remain at the head of CNN. Then you've got Van Jones, who's come out and said some positive things about President Trump. Is he worried? Because now, all of a sudden, all these people, these pundits on CNN are going to be worried if, if Zucker's out, are they out? Because Zucker's pretty much shielded all these just piss-poor journalist. I mean, piss-poor. What's it? Cooper? Uh, I can't remember his first name. Anderson Cooper? I mean, he is one of the absolute worst interviewers I have ever seen. I mean, the man sits there. You can tell while the person's answering a question that Cooper just asked. Cooper's thinking about his next question. He's not thinking about the answer. He never, hardly ever, I should say, probes an answer from a guest unless of course it's a hardcore right you know or a right person but anyway so now you're starting to see why they're so biased they're biased because money large the largest markets are leftist run markets they're biased because they want access to these leftist run city mayors they're biased because they're putting their eggs in the basket of big cities your east coast and your west coast cities fox news has been successful because roger ailes who started at fox news who created the, the model was he went after the flyover country because he knew that there were millions and millions of people there that were not being served because the leftist media was only placating to its leftist base its leftist cities so that is one of the reasons why so you got two reasons they go about in the articles and by the way the article goes on to talk about how even back then these cities were losing um residents they're losing population and that's happening now too new york's losing population california's losing population so this is affecting the the big media their money their bottom line so it says here, most big cities' populations peaked in 1950 and have gradually fallen since. And we've seen that continue to happen. So you've got the motivations for the, le- the media to be leftist are financially. And then all of these leftist journalists were taught by these leftist college professors who also benefited financially from leftist policies and programs. So they all feed themselves as one big circle jerk, as somebody once said about it. So why is the media leftist? Well, most of the reporters are just doofuses. Yeah, I, know, I haven't heard that word in a while either. But they're just doofuses and they follow along because they're lemmings like a lot of people on the left are. A lot, I read an article many, many years ago that uh, people get into journalism school because they want to change the world. Well, the problem with that is they think journalism could change the world, and it's not designed to change the world. Journalism is designed to, be, to report on the information. You're not there to change the world. You report, you're there to report the facts. So in order for this journalist who goes to journalism school to change the world, they inject their narrative and their ideals into their stories. And their ideals are formed at the, when they're in college by those leftist professors. Because I'm boggled by how often I see the media protect the left. Boggled by it. Simply boggled because it's hurting America. and Not just Americans. It's hurting us as a country. We have other you know they they often try to say that the uh, other nations are laughing at us because of president trump no they're not they're laughing at us because of our media covers up for the left and allows this corruption to run rampant they're laughing at us because you know over in the press and you're seeing article and stories and media uh, video media coming out about how joe biden is basically has a cognitive decline has got problems and it's a laughingstock that he is this close to becoming the president of the united states and then the whole Hunter Biden thing. Yeah, they're laughing at us, but it's not laughing at us because of Donald Trump. Actually, the, the world outside of America actually has a lot of respect for Donald Trump. And by the way, where's our leftist media talking about the peace deal, another peace deal in the Middle East for Donald Trump? I mean, they will not acquiesce and give this man credit. So this is the reason why we have Donald Trump. This is the reason, and he said this often, this is the reason he was elected, is because because the leftist media just simply will not report. They report their narrative, but they will not and do not report the news. Now, I'm going to get into an article uh, from a German uh, outlet, and then I'm going to tie that into the coronavirus numbers here real quick. But the, the head, the... The, the title of the article is Trump's top 10. The U.S. president's list of little known achievements, which the mainstream media completely ignore. And again, it goes to the, you know, the left. They, they, if they reported on this, it would look good on Trump, bad on Biden. More and more people would switch over to Trump than, than what's happening right now because the media would be reporting this. And people would be like, whoa, really? Uh, number one, Israel and uh, Iran. Uh, ex-president obama left the middle east in shambles for a successor he ruined u.s relationship with israel the only democracy in the region and wooed the tyrants in tehran instead trump more than normalized the relationship with israel right off the bat and restored the firm stance of previous u.s administrations toward iranian president hassan rohini destabilizing regime trump knows iran is a clear and present danger in the Middle east and they are so Trump has brokered three deals now with other Middle Eastern countries between them and Israel. And the way he's done it is it's very simple. He just brought an economic um, message to the table. Hey, you two countries, how are you doing in this coronavirus? I'm paraphrasing all this, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing all this coronavirus? Ah, business is down, you know, people stay home. You know what? If you work together, I bet you, you guys would make some more money. Hey, you may be right about that. And boom, they they're doing some they're doing some deals, and they got a peace agreement so they can open up trade. Economics, economics. Joan Kerry, there's some video that's out there uh, seen on Twitter. Famously said, uh, "There'll never be peace in the Middle East unless there's the Palestinians' uh, peace deal happens." The Palestinians aren't even a part of this. What Trump's doing? He's completely shut that peace out. Because you know why? They don't have to. Nobody needs the Palestinians. That's the problem with the Palestinians. That's why they're so pissed off. Nobody needs them. They don't have value in business. Trump's a businessman. Brings value. Boom. 3 peace deals in the Middle East. Number two, destroying the Islamic State. Hey, caliphate's gone, ladies and gentlemen. We don't have uh, what we had before where they were, you know, attacking. We, I mean, look at what's going on in the Middle East right now as regards to Al-Qaeda and the Taliban and all that stuff. Trump has completely neutralized all of that. The caliphate's gone. He is destroying the Islamic State. And how is he doing it? Well, he went to the generals, and I'm paraphrasing this too, and said, you guys take care of it. And before, uh, Obama had to have uh, his hand in all of it because he was preventing the generals and the military from doing their job, which was killing the bad guy. Trump said, you, you don't need me. Do your job. They did their job. They killed the bad guy. Guess what? Bad guy's dad. He can't do bad things anymore. Beautiful thing. Uh, number three the silent death of TTIP this one is I'm gonna read this whole paragraph in 2015 2016 hundreds of thousands of mostly left-wing protesters went out on the streets in Germany against TTIP the transatlantic trade and investment partnership some of the largest protests in Germany in recent years the ruling Merkel government in Berlin and the Obama administration had already agreed on the transatlantic free trade deal The protesters, including many radical leftists and communists waving red flags or waving Soviet Red Army uniforms, feared an erosion of consumer protection and food regulations and an American takeover of the German economy. Trump needed one day to dump a deal that had been 10 years in the making, fulfilling one of his major campaign promises. But the left wing opponents gave him any credit for it. No, they gave him no credit. No one mentions the fact that he did what they were demanding so loudly in their eyes, the bad orange man can do no good. So he got rid of this horrible deal. The left, the far left radicals hated it. He got rid of it. They go, oh, okay. This is because the orange man's bad, right? That's number three. Number four, lowest U.S. unemployment in 50 years, of course, prior to the pandemic, or shall we say scam, and it's coming back. I mean, already, President Trump's unemployment rate is lower than what the Obama had when uh, he came in office, right? Or at their peak at the same time, the first, first year, or first uh, um, term of the presidency. Nobody likes to talk about that. Number five, economy and stock market. Boom, and we've seen that. This economy was unbelievably on fire prior to the coronavirus. And, uh, you know, I'm going to get into coronavirus numbers, but there's a motivation to that too. I don't know if I have enough time. But I'm going to get into some numbers real quick. Uh, Stopping North Korea with China's help. President Trump prevented the conflict with dictator Kim Jong-un from escalating, first with tough talk, then with tough sanctions. For the first time, he was able to get China to participate in joint import and export restrictions for North Korea. And isn't that funny? North Korea is not sable-rattling anymore, and Trump didn't give him a penny in the past. North Korea was sable rattle and countries, America, would give him some money, shut him up for a little while until the money ran out. Then he sable rattled again. They're kind of like the Hunter Biden of Asia. Anyway, I digress. That was number six. Number seven, Trump's lasting popularity. He is an extremely popular president. I've never, I mentioned this a lot. Never have I seen enthusiasm for a president as I see for Donald Trump. I mean, it's amazing. I'm sure there have been, but in my lifetime, I have not seen enthusiasm for a candidate, a president that I am seeing for this one. There was some enthusiasm for Obama, but his enthusiasm was because of his skin color. Let's put that out on the table. It wasn't because he was this great man, and not that Donald Trump is a great man, but he connects with people. People are very enthusiastic about voting for this president. This, the people are voting for this man they're not voting because of the color of his skin sorry that's why a lot of people voted for obama they're not voting because he's a billionaire they're not voting for anything other than because of who he is and what he's doing for wait for it america and you know what all you listeners in other countries i love you thank you for listening but If America thrives, it helps everywhere. It's like the rising boat theory all tides rise, all boats. And if one economy rises up, other economies have an opportunity. If we have open trade, which we do have a lot of open trade with, a lot of people listen in other countries to this podcast. So thank you for being a great partner to the United States. But if the United States succeeds, it helps the rest of the world so he's a very popular president number eight campaign promise fulfilled reducing illegal immigration the record numbers of dro- numbers of drops in record numbers i'm trying to see if i can get that out right but the numbers have dropped significantly of illegal immigrants coming over this border because he's taken away the incentive there you know people know if they try to come here now president trump is gonna do something and they're not gonna get the free ride like they got before there's no catch and release or anything like that anymore. So uh, i want not going to get into the main, all, all what they wrote in this article. I'll put this in my show notes, but campaign promise bill, he is reducing illegal immigration. And number 9, COVID-19. I'm going to jump to number 10 and I'm going to get back to number 9. Number 10 is Obamacare. If you ask an Obama fan what their candidate's greatest achievement was is Obamacare, maybe the only thing they can think of after a long pause, the fact is Obamacare was an unmitigated disaster. He got rid and I'll just go leave it at this. He got rid of the individual mandate with Obamacare. That was the piece that if you didn't have it you're paying a fine. That was the only way they're going to funnel fuel this thing. Or uh, uh, yeah, fuel this thing, fund this thing. I mean, it, that's the that's how John Roberts defined it as being a tax or not being a tax of some sort. And that's the only reason why it was left is because of that fee. It needs to go away completely. It just needs to go away. Obamacare is an abomination. It is horrible now, unless you're getting it for free, and there are very few people that are. It's a small fraction of the uh, the um, population. But Obamacare, I mean, I, my insurance went up, the uh, pr- premiums went up, deductibles went through the roof to the point where when my family sits down and talks about it, and I know this is purely anecdotal, when we talk about health care, it's like, all right, what, what's the deductible? Where can we go get it? Maybe we put this off. Maybe I don't do this. Uh, okay, I'm, you know, go to the doctor. If I do a wellness care visit, then it's free. But if I actually label what I'm going there for, I, I have to pay. That's what Obamacare did for America. And another thing about Obamacare that most people don't realize about Obamacare was that what Obamacare did, this is how Obamacare really hurt people. It helped the insurance companies. And here's how it helped the insurance companies because, you know, the whole pre-existing conditions was part of it. But here's the main part of it. Um, if, if you're a senior citizen, your health care, this is prior to Obamacare, costs more. Well, because if you're a senior citizen, you're going to the Dr. more. statistics. Healthcare is statistics. They use statistics to figure out how to price things. So when you use the service, that it doesn't bankrupt the insurance companies, right? So statistically, healthcare for senior citizens are more expensive. Well, what Obamacare does is it prevents the insurance companies from charging different prices. It guarantees everyone one price. So... Before Obamacare, if you are a senior citizen, you were paying more. After Obamacare, if you were young, 20-something, you were paying – I'm sorry, before Obamacare. Let me start over. Before Obamacare, if you were a senior citizen, you were paying more. If you were a 20-something, you were paying less. After Obamacare, and this is where the point is going, after Obamacare, if you're a senior citizen, you're paying this fee as well as if you're a 20-something, you're paying the same fee. Obamacare made it to where they couldn't charge different fees. So what did the insurance companies do? they didn't lower it down to what 20-somethings pay. They'd go bankrupt. They didn't lower it to the middle of uh, like an average because then they wouldn't make any money. So what did they do? Everyone's insurance went up. Everyone's insurance went up to pay for senior citizen care. So everybody now is paying the same rate, and that rate is high. That's what Obamacare did. That's why it's a disaster on our healthcare system. But let's go back to COVID 19. So President Trump takes a lot of grief from COVID 19. 200 and what is it? 10, how many see? Where are we at? And uh, where are we? Where are we at? That was good verbiage, right? We were like 210,000, 215,000 deaths in the United States right now. Let's see. Uh, as of today, as I'm looking up on world worldometers.info, now, today, U.S. coronavirus deaths, 230,510,000 uh, Cases, 8.889577, right? 8.9 million, roughly. So that's a big number, 230,000. Oh, my gosh. E, this, this president didn't do enough. This president didn't do enough because 230,000 Americans have died. That's unconscionable. Wait, whoa, wait, wait, what? That's a big number. But in perspective, you know, our population is 330 million. Um, actually, he, on Worldometer, they have our population at 331,621,597 people, right? That, that's our population, 330 million. There's over 7.2 billion people in the world. We've had 230,510 deaths from this disease. By the way, flu influences way down. Why? Hmm. Could it be because people are staying at home? Could it be the mask? Could it be this is taking over? I don't know. Uh, probably a combination of everything. 230,000 represents, this is the number, people, represents point zero 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 six nine five one percent of the population. It doesn't even rise to the level of a tenth of the population. Again, this is the number. In context to the population, 0.0006951% of the population has died from coronavirus. Now, the big news right now is infection rates have gone up. Okay, so you caught it. If you're not sick, well, wait a minute. Shouldn't it be about deaths? Right now, the media is talking about the infection rate has gone up. Well, oh, E, that leads to deaths. Really? So we've had this thing now for how many months? And the death rate is 0. 0.0006951. Oh, that's the highest in the world. Well, the highest in the world from the death rate goes to San Marino. Now, San Marino, wait for this. San Marino has had 42 deaths. They're the highest per capita in the world because their population is only 33,954. But that represents 0.00123% of their population. Again, it doesn't even rise to a tenth. Then Peru, that's a big country, 33 million people population-wise, their death rate, Thirty-four thousand one hundred forty-nine. Oh, e thirty-four thousand people have died. That represents point zero zero one zero three percent of their population. And then Spain. Spain. Yeah, Spain's got 46,760,593 residents, and their death rate. They've got thirty-four thousand seven hundred fifty-two. And that represents point zero 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 seven four three percent of their population. Those all have a higher percent than we do in the United States. The United States has the 10th highest death rate per population. And then Joe Biden is trying to scare you into thinking that this is going to be a bad winter. He's calling it the dark winter. Of course, he messed that up in a, um, a recent... Uh, speech where he called it some other they didn't call it a dark winter he messed up his own rhetoric but he's saying it's gonna be a dark winter well i don't get it you know when this first came out nobody knew about it and there's still a lot of suspects about what is this virus how do you control it there's still so many unanswered questions i mean they got a vaccine allegedly coming out you got the media by the way saying that the uh, one of the test subjects of the vaccine has died when you dig into the story the test subject never even took the vaccine he died before the vaccine, he took before he could take the vaccine, but you've got Biden coming out saying it's going to be a dark winter because they said when it gets colder the vaccine could spread. As he said, when it get the heat, the vaccine would die. Well, we don't know because Alaska, pretty cold in Alaska, they have the lowest death rate and infection rate in the nation, in in the United States. They're like n- down the bottom. They had like nine deaths, I think it is. So, I mean. How, at some point in time, when do people start looking at this logically and say, hold on, we, this doesn't make sense. I know a lot of you are. Alaska's had 68 deaths. I'm sorry. 68 deaths. And uh, their population, 731,000. So we've got to say they get more social distancing because, you know, pretty spread out. Terundra. Wyoming ties them with 68 deaths. And I'm sorry, Vermont is the lowest with 58 deaths. Vermont, you know, it's kind of cold up in Vermont, right? Wyoming's freezing. Wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Not Wyoming's not freezing. Maine, they're down at the bottom. They're uh, 48 out of uh, ranked 50th Uh, because we Vermont ranks number 51 because of District Columbia, by the way. Maine has had 146 deaths. Now, it gets chilly up in Maine. Beautiful country, beautiful state, though, beautiful. Hawaii, way down at the bottom, forty ranks 47, 212 deaths. Hawaii's not cold. So, you know, Montana's in the bottom, South Dakota, West Virginia, North Dakota. There's no rhyme or reason. Joe Biden... All he is is a walking, talking point. That's all he is. So he's got to say this dark winter BS because he's got to scare people. And that's what the Democrats have done with the coronavirus. Death rate of point zero 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 six nine five one, and they want you to believe that Joe Biden is the savior to this. Joe Biden's saying that there's going to be possibly another 200,000 deaths by the end of the year if something's not done about it meaning electing him. Of course, if we elect him on November 3rd, uh, he he doesn't take the presidency till January 20th. So he can't do anything about those 200,000. So Joe, change your rhetoric, man. You need to start talking about death rates in 2021, because this 200,000 death rate you're talking about, that's like over 2,300 people dying a day. So we're going to have what this massive week where hundreds of thousands of die, or thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of die to match your number? BS! It's political garbage. It's political rhetoric, and it's 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 should be should be just shunned by the media. They should be challenging him on that number. Shouldn't be some some podcaster like myself doing the math and going, "Hey, that's uh, over twenty three hundred deaths a day, uh, Mr. Biden." Uh do you really believe we're going to have that many deaths between now and the other? It possibly could be the experts say it, but okay. So if you're elected November 3rd, how do you prevent that? Oh, what? Oh, well, if you're, you're elected November 3rd, let's say November 4th, you win the presidency. How do you prevent those 200,000 dying by the end of the year when Donald J. Trump will still be president until January 20th? Uh, Don't buy it, people. Don't buy it. The coronavirus, the scandemic, uh, there's no rhyme or reason to this. And for the politicians to tell us what we should do, we should all say, go pound sand. You're a politician. If you want to listen to the experts, fine. Listen to the experts. But have some intellectual curiosity and listen to multiple experts. Because the experts, by the way, are the ones that are scary. I always challenge Listening that rhetoric, listen to the experts. Why would I listen to the experts? What makes them an expert? And just because they say they're an expert, I'm going to listen to them. No, 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 no. I'm going to find out for myself, and I'm going to make the right decisions that's best for me and my family. And that's how everyone should be looking at this. Have some intellectual curiosity. Listening to the experts is dangerous. It's dangerous. I'm sorry, it just is. Because what if that expert is a murderer? I know that's, that's extreme. What if that expert is Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, Hugo Chavez? What if that expert is John Kerry, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden? What if those are the experts? B.S., listen to the experts. No, I'm going to find out myself. I'm going to do my own research. Because for every expert you put in front of me that says one thing, I can find an expert that tells me the exact opposite if we're and then logic if we're wearing masks why do we have to social distance if we're social distancing why do we have to wear masks just nonsense anyway thanks for listening to this segment of the pbl podcast politics and brown liquor remember our ask our ask is please if you're listening to this on itunes uh do Subscribe and rate. Give us a five-star rating. Helps move us up in the algorithm. And visit our YouTube channel, Politics and Brown Liquor. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You don't have to watch. You don't have to listen to anything. It'll help move us up in the algorithm. If you do want to help the show financially, and that's how you can help the show with absolutely no cost to you. If you do want to help the show financially, please go to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash the PBL podcast. And buy a membership, $3.00. $25. $25. Got one there for 10000 if you want to be a large benefactor and pay 10000 a month. We love you long time for that one. So thank you again for listening to this episode of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor.